Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to sing. One of the most terrifying fucking songs I've ever heard, and wow. it was like a pop hit from the 60s, which is fucking weird to me, but uh. Uh, don't worry. The spoiler alert: that song is about a man losing his dog, not his love. So, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, welcome to that was disappointing. I'm Art. That's Joe. I'm here. Yep. And um, I actually have to send you a. I actually have to send you a link to something in, in that vein that's really creepy. There was, uh, you know, prior to us uh, starting to record this podcast uh we were looking at an old picture of art from about 20 years ago <laughs> and there was a song that came out on um it was by an electric artist i want to say his name was ebm or ebd or basically he took a he made techno music out of like old media clips yeah. and um i remember one it was called like schizophrenic or something like that and they were talking to, <laughs> to a, a guy in a mental institution and he would and he would talk like this. He'd be like, uh, 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 uh. and like they actually made a song to it. Wow. <laughs> it's like you're making that sound. So I have to look. So I actually have to look that up now. Just, just. I to wonder see if, I if it's. I wonder if it's nightclub. No, that, that's that looks. Then, too, no, no, that's too new. That's it. way too new. That's from four years yeah. ago. Uh, all right, like we'll figure it out. It, uh, but uh, but in the meantime, we uh, we do have three guests here uh, with us this evening because we are talking. This is back to back weeks, Art, where we're talking about a serious subject. Serious subject um, matter. I just I just want to go ahead and and as a preface here, say we are going to talk about this shit seriously. But I'm also going to try to put a little bit of levity into it. Of course. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the old card of well you know I'm in a glass house and I'm gonna throw stones because I have a litany of mental health issues so this isn't a judgment on anybody who has them I uh, it's just I guess one of those I can make some jokes because I'm there so whatever anyway there you go that's my uh, disclaimer go on Joe well uh, actually Art do you want to lead off this episode but well, I will certainly introduce our guest yeah, I'll lead off, but uh, let's introduce our our resident uh, quote unquote. Um, well, I guess we can't really lead into what he does, but I'll just say he you has. Can say what, I, you can say what to, I do. I just can't. Yeah, he has a. Connection. We don't even know what you do, Papa. I so. don't even. I don't even know what he does, but we have a mental health expert here. Uh, yes, I'm just going to call him. I, I am a doctor. Dad. Whoops, hold on one sec. I yeah, uh, I am a licensed therapist, so I uh, mental health professional. Okay, so now we have we have there you go, audience. We have one credible person on the show. <laughs> We're going to move on down the line. Let's see how many more we have. <laughs> then we have Kat coming back. What's up, Kat? Hello. Happy Friday. So um, are, are you one of the crazies or do you work with crazies like us or? A little bit of both. Mo okay. Mostly Absolutely. mostly have the crazy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I yeah, have it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and our final, our final nut job needs no introduction. So I'm just going to skip them. Uh, okay, so let's go on to our... Just kidding, Ken. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not a uh, I am not a licensed therapist, but I have stayed at a Holiday Inn. But um, <laughs> overall, uh, I am one of the crazies. I've definitely had my fair share of, uh, of stuff. Nice. 
Well, then, it sounds like we all have something to share about this. So, uh, yeah, welcome to That Was Disappointing, and let's get into it. Mental health. Um, I guess I'll just start with a round robin and say, you know, I'll put I'll put my shit on the table. I am a person who has been afflicted with uh, clinical depression, as long as I can remember. Used to have OCD, and uh, I guess you still do to some degree, but I don't wash my hands and flick lights a bunch of, bunch of times like I used to. Uh, and I still have... Uh, bits of anxiety and uh an overall bad rage issue <laughs> so essentially emotional regulation and depression are my two achilles heels yeah what about you joe uh i'm still trying to find this damn video <laughs> okay good for you joe but but, joe, but, but, a, but he's a hypochondriac that's you, his thing to honor talking about mental health i um i'm actually in a pretty good good mood for once give, given everything that's been going on as of late oh good uh, for you art art and i and a blast from the past have been talking about some stuff that we plan to do with the that was disappointing universe in fact i'm already starting to play around with some stuff and i got a few other good things going on in my life right now so i am actually partaking in some booze this evening that is an old fashioned my friends um but um, it's interesting what is that a fake hockey the hockey puck it is Uh, i believe my sister got this for me one year for christmas but that is not to scale correct otherwise that would be a uh, huge glass or you'd have very 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 large hands well well, you know say about men with large hands yeah they need large glasses (laughs) yes they they require special catcher's mitts uh but i will say that um you know as probably a lot of you are aware i have dealt with some pretty severe anxiety at times um you know it's interesting though um I, I am in therapy and <laughs> I was told by someone who will remain nameless that I, I should go to therapy um, because of you can I, I, you can uh, you can say my name, Joe. <laughs> I, I've been an advocate for therapy for a long time. No, I was, I've been in it for a while I and I think told, everybody should do it. Basically, I was told that I was much worse off than um, I, I actually was. And I went into therapy thinking that I would probably leave um, in a straitjacket. But (laughs) instead, I've been told that a lot of the things I feel by my therapist are normal. And that, you know, with stuff I've been going through, especially this year, that, you know, feeling some pangs of depression, feeling some anxiety here and there, it's perfectly normal. So I do deal with anxiety. I am medicated for it. But overall, I don't, you know, it's, um, uh, I'm actually proud with the amount of work I've done to the point where people don't piss me off as much as they used to. So, well, kudos. And, and if you do get pissed off, there's always BBJ. Hulk smash. <laughs> BBJ. <laughs> uh, okay. Who's next? Who wants to Who wants to dive in? Hmm? I'll go. I, okay. you, at least two of you on the call know that I had a really bad accident um, many oh. years ago, and it left me with a lot of anxiety, uh, which grew as doctors continued to tell me that the very physical problem I was having was in my head. Um, and, and, you know, being in an accident and having no one to find me for a very long time, about 30, 45 minutes left me with a lot of post-traumatic stress. So, Mm. um, it, you know, over the years, I found a lot of ways to really become aware of myself and what I'm feeling. And, uh, and, uh, I don't know, 
definitely become a, a huge advocate for therapy if you need it. And even if you think you don't, I think it's a, it's a huge help, but um, you know, if, if that's not for you, I've, I've learned that there are many other things that get you through it. So, um, you know, find your passion, right. It's gonna, it's gonna help. Yep. What about you, Papa? Or are, are you completely crazy? Yep. That's, that's why I work in mental health. No, I was uh, going to say, don't you just sponge <laughs> up everybody's problems, right? <laughs> Pretty much. No, actually, yeah. It's, um, it's funny. I was, I, I, the patients are actually the easier part of my job. It's I'm also a, a, a manager. So it's all the personnel issues that are the part that caused my, uh, mm. caused me stress, but um, no, definitely some anxiety, a lot of issues. And actually it's ironic. I'm a, I teach and I also perform in theater, but I don't, I hate public speaking. So mm. it's, uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, so definitely some anxiety issues, but um, no, I've been working in mental health for 25 years, 26 years. So uh, yeah. So I sort of have to sort of learn ways to manage it in order to help people. So it also, my stuff doesn't get in the way of working with my patients. One thing I don't like is when people, and I, when I was training, you would see people coming in to like use their training as their therapy, which is not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, oh, interesting. All right, Canada, are you bonkers? <laughs> yes, certified. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, obviously, from the last episode, you guys knew that. Uh, I had a rough divorce. You know, I, I was a kid of a divorce. So I was in therapy as a young child for all that. And as I got older and moved out on my own, I had realizations that I do have depression. It does seasonally aspects. But um, one thing I will share is just that I, I have reached out multiple times through for therapy, uh, for ADHD, for depression. The depression is usually a what I've come to find is the result of my ADHD, not being able to complete things, not able to control, uh, manage things, mismanagement, stuff like that sometimes. Uh, and I've actually checked myself in at one point because mm -hmm. I had a, I was not going to hurt myself. I just had a freaking breakdown. I had a lot of things going on at once and I decided I need to go get some help. Good for you. Yeah. Good, mm -hmm. man. That's exactly what you got to do. I'm not proud of you. <laughs> See, and, there you go and that's joe yeah. there we go um <laughs> i twirl, bitch. <laughs> i feel like i have to ask ken just because you you have mentioned this on prior episodes and it's not a secret has has your diagnosis uh you know your medical diagnosis has that uh affected your depression at all or which one else? The multiple sclerosis, the psychosis. Uh, I think it's been exaggerated, uh, exasperated um, with the being being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. The 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 feelings that I get is you know the helplessness sometimes when you, I'm not able to move or have the energy, very lethargic. The 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 fatigue is mind numbing at times. Uh, then I kind of I get myself into a, a hole where I'm not able to manage my, my symptoms. So I get, you know, depressed in that, in that territory. So it does exasperate sometimes when I'm having a really bad manic, not say manic, but 
more of a, a flare or some um, pseudo flare that's going on from base symptoms, from stress, things like that, you know. Thank yeah, you because when when being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, it took a year and a half to get the official diagnosis. They actually thought I was bipolar. They thought everything was going on was all mental, all the physical, the fatigue, the uh, vertigo, things like that. They thought it was anxiety. They thought it was uh, hmm. manic depressant or bipolarness. So I was on some random drugs for psychosis, but it took oh, yeah. uh, another, it took, took a couple more mind, brain scans to find the lesions go, all right, you're not really depressed. You just got some scars in your brain. That caused more like mental health issues for you. Yeah, for sure. Just being told that like <laughs> what you're feeling is. Hey, not I finally right. got a diagnosis. That's what was like the superior thing. Like, Hey, great. We finally figured it out. And yeah. everything you put me through was all right. I was just your Guinea pig, but, uh, yeah, uh, the it's mostly when I actually have those exasperations, those bad parts of my physical, the physicality of the MS, the brain fog, those elements. It's more of a like beat myself up. Get I end up just falling into a little hole, and it takes me a little bit to pull myself out and realize, hey, you can't control everything. You need to slow your roll and pace yourself a little bit more. So I guess. I guess the next uh, question that I can ask is, um, since Art actually led this episode off for once, that's uh, I think that might be the first time you've you've had a topic at the beginning, Art. Uh, that's it, not it, true at all. Know. I've I've had the topic at the beginning numerous times, but in recent history, you are not incorrect. I love the bloviate. What can I say? Um, Look at you! <laughs> Look at that ten penny word right there. I love it. So I was going to ask what. What are the things that you do, um, <laughs> not prescription-wise, um, to improve your mental health? And um, you know, and um, I can you know, answer when, for you, Joe. BDJ. <laughs> you know what? You actually, stole, you actually just stole both both my answer and Papa's. I'm sure, but no. Yep. Um, BDJ is. It really is. <laughs> It's wonderful. It's um, I, I I really did feel as though you know, and, and and I mentioned this on the past of the podcast that you know I felt like I was something that something was missing in my life, and I have a group of guys and girls now um, that I feel you know I haven't felt this much of a part of a group of people <laughs> since probably theater in college. So it's about um, the people, really, because if you if I were to say you do BB, BBJ, but mm. with a different group of people every single week and you never get to know any of them, I would still the same experience. Before. What's that? Exactly. Exactly. You know, seeing people that I know, friends like, you know, guys I, I can bullshit with like Papa, like uh, mm. uh, like a whole bunch of people. It's people from all walks of life. You know, you know, I, you know, there's a captain of the local county police who's a dear friend of mine who's going up to to like a purple belt this coming week mm -hmm. um you know we've had james on the show who's a surgeon at hopkins you know there, there are people from you know there is a ferocious black belt from our parents slash sister school uh i'll just give him a shout out shimon who yeah. who's a lawyer um and he <laughs> the one time i rolled with him he fuck me up six ways from Sunday. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it, 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 it is that it is just amazing. This group, you know, 
but 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 at the end of the day we're all just really cool people we're all it's it's like a family and yeah, uh, that is, even you know, people you meet in tournaments i got i got crushed during a uh, during a tournament and so we step off the mat and they we're looking at like videos trying to figure out what's up and how to how to fix how to change moves it's just like it's that's so yeah it's it's and if he invites he like introduces me to his coach and you would have thought i won the tournament after this guy just destroyed me so it's just yeah it's just the community of that is uh is really i i went into it thinking you know you know jujitsu is going to be all these like macho like meathead guys and it's absolutely not at all in fact that's discouraged if people do that and in fact it's pretty awesome papa just so you know ken here um you know one of the things that he's thinking about is starting uh jujitsu and i know our ex-producer kenny i was gonna say kenny did i didn't know if ken said that too yes training again uh i'm not i'm not capable of it right now with my back and my neck but i actually want to go back and relearn and restudy uh capoeira and taekwondo i thought you Mm. said jiu-jitsu i'm sorry okay you hear what you want to hear joe i hear what i want he's trying to bring us all Mm. into the world i understand (laughs) Uh but but if you go back to like even just the camaraderie i've walked in you know you walk into gamma sometimes or the place where i can say that name I'll, i'll advertise for them uh, we, we walk in where Joe and I train and I might be in the shittiest mood, drag yeah. myself there, don't want to go. I argue with myself the entire time I'm driving there about I don't want to be there. Go in. I, I never leave disappointed. Maybe I might leave thinking my jujitsu sucks, but I might I'm never like I'm never sorry I went. You're in a different headspace when you walk mm-hmm. out. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Kat, is Pilates the same way for you or is there something this else? Movement. Um, actually, it's funny. I, Pilates was like the last, well, not even the last certification that I got, but I, I started with um, running and just going to the gym. I started working with a wonderful personal trainer. Um, I actually, you know, used that as a way to kind of get through some of the issues that I was having after this accident that I had. And I will never forget, I... I, I met this trainer. He was amazing. And I, first time we sat down, told him, I can't do anything high impact. I'm never going to run again. Like, you know, I, I need to find ways to move my body to get through some of this pent up, you know, negative energy or whatever it is. And he looked at me and he said, you're coming to run club with me. And I was like, <laughs> you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, in three months, I he had me running my first half marathon. It was the most amazing feeling crossing that finish line and just knowing what I accomplished, even if it wasn't very fast. The fact that I did it was so big and it just encouraged me to move more and more. So for me, it's really movement. It's not a specific movement. I love doing Pilates. I love, you know, just going to the gym. I love swimming biking you know i i've actually been talking a lot with my husband about i need to find my next triathlon to go back and do um because it's it's been a while since i've done one i'm actually about to do an eight mile um kayak with my cousin who's gonna swim it (laughs) in the ocean super excited so it's really that movement in general that um it it doesn't matter what it is even if it's just going out and taking a walk it really helps reset me and uh, my husband will actually say to me sometimes, you need to go to the gym. <laughs> and it's always funny to hear it, you know, in public, because people will 
would give him that look like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that to her. But between the two of us, that's his way of telling me, I can see that you are becoming anxious and he knows that that's my outlet. So it's movement. <clears throat> All right, Ken. So, so you do Taekwondo or some shit you said, or you used to? <laughs> <laughs> Damn judgmental. Um, well, I well, that's, studied... what do you think the J and BJJ means? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Joe uh, Jitsu. Joe Jitsu. Oh, did you read that email already? What email? Never mind then. I, I'm going to read that <laughs> later. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, uh, I I used to when I wasn't a downfall or I was having some moments. Uh, it was always the gym or a good run for me to get out and it was kind of a double-edged sword because with ms you got to fluctuate your body temperature um for me heat is a horrible uh symptom so like if i get overheated things like that all of my base symptoms start exasperating but um but since a car accident i had two years ago i cannot run like i used to uh and after my last accident i've tried you know just going for a nice walk and all of a sudden, you know, I start losing I get huge pains in my my lower back. So the physical escapes that I used to do or to get myself into a better headspace uh, is not really in my wheelhouse for right now. But um, there are times where I'll just go into um, our Florida room and I'll listen to um, ambient noise or, you know, uh, listen to an audio book, something like that uh, to get myself out. So uh, even on my my walks, I'll be listening to some sort of audio book from maybe it's uh, the Dune series or, um, you know, sometimes. Like, yeah, better believe I am. Big end. Big end. Yep. But no, those are always my ways to trying to balance out what was going on. And, you know, while I was in therapy for my AD, for ADHD and so forth, you know, drugs helped. I'll tell you that, you know couple of uh you know xanax helped when oh I that was... kind of drug got you <laughs> oh yes xanax, is... <laughs> xanax helped uh in better ways than uh expected because xanax is actually a what i found out was xanax is actually another way of helping out with my ms symptoms so severe um muscle spasms things like that uh it has helped me in the past where i actually locked up my entire neck shoulders that I could not move. I could not even get out of bed. I actually had to get assistance to the hospital. And uh, I told him where I've usually taken and he actually gave me some Xanax and it helped out much better. But Xanax and Vyvanse back in the day was it for my ADHD and um, Xanax as, as needed. And, you know, a 30 day supply of Xanax would take me about six months, maybe even longer because it wasn't something I wanted to take uh, if I didn't have to. Yeah, Xanax I love, but the problem is, is that it's uh, <laughs> well for for one, it's super addictive, and two, um, when I was uh, you know towards the beginning of my divorce and such, I was taking probably a pill a day, and I took milligram or I can't remember, like 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 a quarter of a milligram or something. Okay, like I wasn't that. sure if you're taking like the whole bar or just because you know that you they, if it's off label, it comes in different pills, but if it's labeled, yeah. it actually can come in a bar. And then you can break huh. the bar in the different sizes. Yeah, no, this is just a small little pill. But gummies okay. have helped out a lot these past year. Oh, I heard that. Oh, you mean CBD. Got you. 
Well, well, my yeah, CBD. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the guy who prescribes my meds basically said that that really Xanax was just a band aid for for what I was dealing with, and that it's like you know, you know, just because I would tell him that I would take it, I feel better, but then I would wake up the next morning feeling like shit, and he's like, you know. Sure. It's it's really, you know, it's just prolonging it. You, you yeah. know, just you know, it's it's yeah. you gotta Xanax talk is, about it. You gotta Xanax is just a fire extinguisher. That's all it is. Exactly. It doesn't kill it, it just sort of quells it for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's all no right. drug out there to eliminate everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, it comes on Xanax way back when, but I it, whatever it was, however it was prescribed, however much it was, I, this was a long time ago, but it was something that I was taking regularly. And I kid you not, I was seeing things. <laughs> that was right oh, there. I believe it. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I had. I had to. I had to get rid of the problem some other way. I couldn't do it. I think my dad had that issue with Zoloft. Oh, it's interesting. I've never taken enough Xanax to see shit, but I, I have Xanax as a as my parachute should shit get really bad, because part of the work that I've been having in my own experiences through therapy and everything is how to uh, regulate and acknowledge things that are happening and then understand it and regulate it and, you know, cognitive therapy and that sort of stuff. Um, now, obviously, this is also supported by medication because if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't have the the foresight or the wherewithal to actually try these techniques. So, you know, but Xanax is always there as not my primary med, but in case I just could not fucking get a handle on it, then that would at least stop it from me being... Um, a complete lunatic. So, in case of you mean a fire extinguisher, <laughs> you carry a fire extinguisher with you. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, what do you do, Art? Uh, well, let's see. Um, there's always uh, some sort of uh, bourbon or perhaps a scotch or just kidding. That's not true. Okay, fine. Masturbating. That one, that one fell flat. So, um, I was going to say masturbating, but you know. Oh, well, I, I only, only once a week uh, when we record the show. So, feeling pretty good right now at least joe. after not during oh it's definitely during <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> joe keep keep yeah do what you're doing um actually for me it's uh believe it or not my work has become a thing that really keeps me focused and centered it used to not be that way but i changed jobs uh last year and uh and it's become a very uh, involving and meditative experience. Like I'm one of the few people I'm happy to say, I, well, I'm just not to speak for everybody else, but I, I feel like in general, most people bitch about their jobs and I have not one single fucking complaint. In That's fact, awesome. there's, there's never a day where I think, fuck, I got to get up and go to work today. Never. So that's actually become a very helpful thing. But outside of that. Yeah, uh, that's very helpful. Sam. I've been... Um, I've been uh, taking piano lessons and that's going to be a very, very cool and very enriching experience. Um, And uh, you know, go back to the PS4, man. It's my old, my old standby. (laughs) Xbox, uh, Xbox, got my Xbox. Yeah. So yeah, keep it that way. Keep it pretty, pretty simple. Uh, One day I would like to get back into doing the martial arts. I, I swapped out martial art for the piano just so I would have more time at home because the piano lessons are only a half hour and it cuts down on the drive time and the time at the gym. Cause even though 
the classes would only be like an hour. They'd always go over. So we'd always be at least an hour and a half tack on the 20 or so minutes, each direction. Next thing you know, it's a big chunk of time. That was a couple days a week that was uh, taking me away from uh, my, my young son and wife. So I just need to do a little trade out, but at one point I'd like to get back to that because I had the same experience you did Papa, uh, which is, I would always fight with myself about getting my ass there. But then once mm-hmm. I was there and then I was wheezing and exhausted and covered in sweat and dragging my ass to the car, I felt fucking great. Um, but, you know, and that was also very, very therapeutic, but just not enough, not enough time yeah. exactly at the moment. So one day. I I do fight that because, yeah, it's a it's like a 20 minute drive each way for me. So I'm like, oh, same thing. I have that same thing. It's like a an hour class is like two and a half hours. Yeah. It's always an investment in time. And it's great. But, and uh and hopefully Papa does mind me saying this, but uh Papa's being very modest right now about the whole getting his ass kicked with like a tournament. That, that guy at the 40 and over, like he was a behemoth. Well, he's Papa's also about like, that one guy. He kicked everybody else's Papa, ass. Papa is also a purple belt, and he got <laughs> my understanding is just because he's been, you know, he's been a purple belt since I started there. Um, he got his purple belt after winning a major tournament in DC. So it's uh yeah. so being a little modest right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta go against I'm like 30 years older than all the, the guys I'm going against. So uh... modest. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> Humble brag. Oh geez. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, what about uh, any of our guests here? Do they have anything to bring to the to the table of conversation? Things on your mind? So we talked a little bit about Ken. I think we both had experiences where, you know, an outside party kind of made some of that anxiety or some of those mental issues worse. (laughs) And I'm sure, you know, we've all been in maybe a relationship or something to that effect. I'd love to hear a little bit more about like kind of an outside force that's maybe perpetuated anxiety or whatever mental issue you're kind of working through. And I know for me, it was actually a relationship that I was in made it worse as I was going through all of this recovery. And, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I found, um, movement to be very healing for me and something that, um, something that really helped center me and really just, it was like a way of meditation. And, uh, I, my significant other at the time would, uh, essentially make comments to me all the time. Like, I don't understand why you do that. That's the stupidest thing. Why would you do that? That's so dumb. And well, it's like this thing that's like other. healing me mentally. <laughs> that's and major you gaslighting. It, you yeah. know, but that's major gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, there were so yeah. many issues. Yeah. That was yeah. a whole. We. I could go on yeah. for hours about that whole situation, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that's been there. You know, and so yeah. anyway, I'd love to hear other people's experiences. So, oh, I can. So the question, yeah, that's good. Like the no, question was, Cat, what you know, what kind of started it, or I think it's Just what external factors. <clears throat> Yeah, extra factors that's kind of like propelling it. Yeah. yeah. Which relationship have I had that not done that? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, not the third. Let's say that um, the the biggest one that ever hurt got me had to be when I was being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I was with somebody we were very serious, 
and we had been together for for a little bit and it got to the point where we were going to move in together and we did and i was diagnosed july 6 2011 i moved in we moved in together probably two less than two weeks after that just before my 30 my before my 30th birthday and no wait yeah we no wait i think i oh shoot i can't remember but as soon as we got together i she started cheating on me and i didn't realize it i found out through third party so i am on brand new drugs uh for this multiple sclerosis it's called rebif it's a interjection like you have to inject yourself three times a week and the night that you get the injection, you wake up with flu-like symptoms. Mm. So I was already feeling like uh, crap. So you I had just started symptoms a... three times a week. Almost, yeah. You Jesus. wake up uh, the Ow. middle of the night. So you take the shot at night just before going to bed. Uh, it's re- not required, but it said, "Hey, you should probably take ibuprofen." Uh, some sort of fever reducer at night with it, maybe uh-huh. something to help you sleep. And I found out very quickly that this person was definitely not going to be it. Not for the fact that a, she just not forget the fact she cheated on me, but the fact is that I was starting a brand new job. I was taking these new med- medications. Yeah, she was cheating on me. She cheated on me multiple times. As soon as I got diagnosed, she practically ran to somebody else. I didn't find out until months later. Um, and then my very last relationship before getting married, uh, she wasn't really the predecessor to this one, but she showed me again that she was definitely not the one because the, that time that I walked up to a facility saying I need to check myself in was, I had just found out when, when we moved in together that my uncle had passed away and then I was already starting another new job. And all of a sudden, my brother has a heart attack. And like my entire like world's coming around. I realizing that I'm living in Florida by myself. I've been out from away from my family for so long. <laughs> I haven't seen my brother in so many years. We haven't uh I I haven't I never got to say goodbye to my uncle, who was the like a second father to me. And I was just so overwhelmed. And she was not when I was at that point where I had to go check myself in she had already started dissing herself after we moved in like some things were going on that she was not talking to me about and she was not being approachable and all of a sudden that's where i felt like everything just fell down on me and i just need to go someplace and usually it's the outside world that kind of like is the last straw because you can't control everything on the outside world this is a really stupid question, but how do you check yourself into a facility? You walk in. I knew the place. Like, how do you it find was... one? I, I mean, well, real question. So <laughs> mine was, so in oh. where I lived in Orlando at the time, it was about two miles from my apartment complex. And it was next to SeaWorld of all places. So right off the highway next to SeaWorld is a check as a facility. And it's actually housed between SeaWorld being here, you got a couple of hotels, and then there's this facility right here. And that was the place where uh, Baker acting would happen because about two miles away was the main hospital for the region. So that's where you would, you know, 
end up going if you got Baker acted at the local hospital. I had known about it for a long time and it was just, I just started walking one day and realized that I just didn't want to go home and I did not know where to go. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm getting close to that place that I know where, and I simply said, I am not in a good place and I don't want to hurt myself, but I don't want to not go back outside something around those capacities. Word of advice. If you ever do this, don't do it on a Friday. Why is that? Because they, because they keep you for the whole weekend because the main psychiatrists who are able to sign you back out are off on the weekends, at least in this facility. But, you know, so that was so a, yeah. part of my question is if you sign yourself in, can you just sign yourself out anytime? Or is it's, it like, is it a one way street yeah. where they have to determine that? No, no, it's, it's you go involuntary. It basically to be someone be what we call committed or it takes two psychiatrists to basically I had a, a doctor describe it to me one way. He said, Mike, it's, it takes a lot to take someone's freedom away from them. Ah. You need, you can't, it's not, if, if you walk involuntarily, unless, unless you pose as a, severe risk to yourself or others they 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 can't you you could walk in if you're just you're voluntary you can say hey i i'd like to check out and you could they would have you you'd leave ama they may advise and say they don't recommend it but they can't retain you gotcha unless oh, yeah. you're a threat to yourself i was not in the spot anyway i i thought within within 24 hours after so and so and then yeah. going they throw you directly into so my experience was they put you in I'm sharing a room with somebody and obviously there's nothing on no shoelaces, no belts, uh, everything, mm. you know, you're just pretty much wearing what I was wearing that day. Just barely keep my pants up and um, group therapy. And I wanted to check out, but I realized that after talking to the on-call therapist there, that it was still good for me to be there for a few more <laughs> over another day or so. And I did check out on that Monday afterwards but that was because i had really i wasn't taking any medication i was just getting myself some sleep and just started talking and i arranged to start talking to another therapist after i left and i did that for a little bit yeah. but for me they wanted to do like virtual stuff and i'd rather be with somebody in an office and talk and just was that during know, covid or no this actually happened back way before covid this was back in 20 20- I'd say eighteen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you yeah, know when Ace when Ace Ventura checked himself in, he he, he just wore a tutu. <laughs> I just I feel like it's such an important thing. Like that's the one I, I never would have thought that yeah. I could check myself into a facility. And truth be told, I you know this same relationship that I mentioned. There were times where I would just go sit in a closet because it felt like the only place I wanted to be. Like that is so unhealthy. I didn't want to hurt myself. I didn't want to hurt anyone else, but I really would have benefited from, you know, finding, I felt like I was, you know, no, now they I, have. I'm, I'm with you on Catherine because uh, it, to me it was, I didn't want to hurt myself. I've, I've had those, it, those images in my head before, like, you know, what if it just ended it, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized immediately, I go, that's an idiotic thing for me to do because there's people who I know that, that love me. I just can't really feel it right now. And but I also feel like if I if I get out of this closet or mm. get out of this room, I'm going to mess something up. I'm, I can't do anything right. I can't even walk straight. I can't talk right. Yeah. I can't look the right way. 
So I really, there's nothing for me to go outside and do because obviously I'm, obviously I feel like I'm the problem. I would. Yeah. As far as there's a 988 now that just came, they just started a 988 number. It's like a national hotline you could call and, and they can catch you to treatment. Um, you, you actually can call 911. Um, really? Yeah. They can and say, I'm not feeling, I need, I need to be seen. I'm not feeling safe. I'm not feeling they some I know in Baltimore City they have um certain officers that are are trained because usually when I've I've had to call them for on people that's a whole other you do an emergency petition and they usually send the same like four or five officers hmm. um that come in or you can also go into any, most of the EDs have psychiatric care in embedded into their emergency rooms so you can you can walk in there too. So, Ken, your story there, which thank you for sharing, um, actually is a pretty decent segue into what I want to ask. But before I do that, I was just wanted to see, out of curiosity, as much as you can remember or you feel like saying or sharing, it, it's a great. I it, it's great that there's a resource where people can actually do that. Uh, again, my topical cut. Get into this in a second, but how did that work as far as the paperwork, like the insurance, like? Did it end up leaving you with a raft of bills or like, is it like, you know, you're getting charged, you know, the four seasons rate while you're staying in a motel six, that sort of thing. Like how'd that, how'd oh, that no. really shake out? Uh, well, it was ironic because I was with an organization that had paid for all of my health insurance. So there was no, but what happened was because I did not call ahead or was not, I believe it was out of network for this location. I mm. ended up with a bill with over $2,000 for a four day stay. And wow. I was able to negotiate and pay something, but somehow in the middle of my paperwork, I have still in collections for over $1,200 oh, for this. So I have still been in some uh, legal aspects of wondering why I still owe $1,200 after I negotiated, right. I know another rate, but it was astronomically expensive. And that was you know, add more pressure to a guy who needed to check himself in and all of a sudden comes back and he still right. owes who makes right. dirt for money. I make less than $30,000 a year and, yeah. you know, slam it on the guy. You know, I did the what I thought was the right thing to do. Self-help, did everything correct. And then, oh, here's a ton of breaks when you leave. So that is exactly where I want to go with this. Is and This isn't really a question. I think it's just a, a an open platform for, for gripes, airing of grievances, as it were. Um, to me, anybody can refute this if you like, but I would like to think that, uh, first of all, just the medical world in the United States is pretty fucked up. Um, just the whole system is kind of janky and broken apart and insurance is a big fucking problem of that. So for me, mental health in this country, uh, I'm not the first to say it's completely broken. Um, Papa, I'd love to hear from a practitioner standpoint, any headaches or what your viewpoint on that is, but as a patient. I could say that it's just 100% fucked. And, you know, that's why if you can find a therapist, you hold on to that person for dear fucking life because trying to find somebody else could take you months, if not years. Um, but yeah, I was, I was just curious how, like, you know, somebody who was suffering through what, you know, what you went through and then you, um, you know, you get a pat on the back and uh, and a good luck smile and then a big fucking bill. And that's almost sort of negating everything, all the work that just happened. So 
I guess I just wanted to, especially if you go into collections. <laughs> especially, yeah, if you go into collections, collections, that's like that's the thing that just keeps haunting you. Jesus. You know, something a lot of people don't know is that a lot of employers do offer um, through their EAP mm. therapy specifically. Um, and I, I, that's something that I have taken advantage of more than once for that reason, because I, I always go into an insurance plan. I, I read the shit out of, <laughs> out of the plans before I sign up. So I always know my benefits really well going into it. And I knew that it was going to be, you know, a $60 copay every time I saw a therapist and I wanted or needed to see someone at least once a week, preferably twice a week, you know, or more if, if that was something, but you know, I couldn't swing $120 a week. I, I, you know, I was working three jobs just to pay my rent and I was barely scraping by, you know? So Anyway, it's it's something that I think a lot of people don't realize that employers offer. And um, usually it's something that's included as part of your benefits and uh, ends up not costing you out of pocket, though there is there are usually some stipulations to it. Right. Um, I, I just know for me, it was uh, I before I moved out to California back in Maryland, I was uh, getting quite a bit of help. And at some point, I don't know, I guess in my youth or something happened, clicked over, changed, whatever. I just decided I didn't need any of it anymore. And I was, I was off of it for at least a decade. And then out here in California, I uh, hit two major uh, milestones in life. One was, uh, and Joe was there for this, actually. One was uh, my wedding. Uh, my wedding was happening and two days prior to my wedding while i was at universal studios with joe uh, and my soon-to-be wife i got a call that the studio that i worked for was closing and we're all losing our jobs <laughs> oh i so, remember that yeah so that was so that was a big thing that hit and at that point that sent me spiraling out of control where i was actually like finding booze at work like and i was just slamming beers really quickly I like shotgun two beers in the bathroom and then just go back to work. And it was like, it was really, really a bad place. And I tried to find help. And I remember calling at least three or four different therapists before I even got somebody who had a voicemail, like that wasn't full. And then after I started talking to people, I left messages and it, I don't know how many messages I left. And then it took one person who is my therapist now called back later that day or the next day. And then I didn't hear from at least the others for th three or four or five days, or if if even. And all I'm thinking is, man, if I was in a real crisis, like a super, super crisis, yes, call 911. I, that's what you should do if you're in absolute danger. But if you're not at that point, but you're also not okay, it's kind of fucked that it takes a while, you know, up to a week to be able to find somebody. And don't even get me started on psychiatrists. Like psychiatrists are just pill pushers at this point for me. You know, that's why I see my, my general practitioner, my own, you know, ther my, my, uh, my own physician for my prescriptions, but it's just, it's crazy. Like, I feel like I shouldn't have to paint by number, my own medical treat, my own mental health treatment, but that's exactly what's happened. So pop up, uh, look, before we go into everybody else, cause we haven't really gone to you as much. Could, do you want to elucidate a bit on how it is from your side as being a professional in the field? I mean, there definitely are. I was it's actually that was fascinating to listen to. Uh, there are challenges, and again, I'm trying to say without I don't because I, I don't want to like 
identify the organization. I don't of course, know yeah, yeah. Representing them. <laughs> and if you do, I'll I'll bleep there, it. I mean, by, if definitely you do are, by accident. <laughs> no, definitely being things on like on my end dealing with the insurance issues. Like there are certain plans that we have if people um, age into Medicare and select a plan that our organization doesn't accept. If you've been working with them for a period of time mm. and they can't change the insurance, we can't see them. We have to help connect them to treatment. That sucks. Wow. So there's, but that's so that's kind of bouncing that therapeutic side with the business side, and that that is a challenge. Also, looking at you know we, you know, looking at acuity level. So we're going to want to bring in people who are much more severe, who are coming out of institutions or maybe having a higher need at that moment as opposed to someone who and i'm not minimizing anybody's concerns but if someone started saying hey i want to work on my life and make some improvements they're going to be uh someone who's coming out of an institution or coming out of an inpatient stay is going to get we we're going to give them uh we're going to get them in sooner than someone who decides like hey i'm going to work on my life and make it's some a bit of triage Exactly. Exactly. So they're the more severe cases are going to get seen. So the person coming out of inpatient, we're going to schedule that person tomorrow. The person who's saying, hey, I want to work on my life. I'm having a lot of stress. And again, I'm not minimizing anybody's mental health or concerns, but that person's going to probably again and then get an appointment like a week or so or maybe two weeks out. So it's um, no, it's it's challenging. It's it is a bit of a shell game to make it work, to try to meet everyone's needs. The insurance piece is really tough. Some of it's been a little worse after the pandemic because during the pandemic, they kind of opened the doors and said, we're not turning anybody away and we're taking everybody. Um, and now it's sort of like, okay, the state of emergency is over and, and we have to kind of go back to business. So it's, it's, it is challenging. Well, Joe, Ken, Kat? That, that's the business side of it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm with you on that. I was going to say, I, I'm definitely not trying to stop Kat or Ken from talking, but uh, it yeah. is getting to be that time shortly. Uh, so if if we want to, uh, you know, but I mean, but I mean, Kat and, <laughs> and, and Ken can jump. Kat and Ken. No, no, I actually have some some really helpful advice for my segment. Oh, uh, good so, for you. So if you want to, we can go to my segment first, and then we can end the episode with uh, Ken and Kat's opinion. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll do your segment. We'll have their opinion. We'll go to the mailbag, and then we'll call it a day. So, Give him his uh, old ball fondler. Give him his load. <laughs> all right. Come on, you ball fondler. All over your face, Ken. <laughs> ah, 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 Lex load. Ah, yeah. oh, I'm feeling a little tipsy tonight. Um, this has been a very deep talk. Um, what you want? I was going to say that um, you know I'm I'm not going to be too mm, excuse me too much of like a clown this evening because I just realized uh, one of my friends at BJJ this evening pointed out that uh, September is, um, I, I believe it's Suicide Awareness Month or something like that. So oh. it's so I can't be too funny, but 
for people who are suffering with, you know, a mental crisis or anything else, you know, especially if cost is a concern, I just wanted to say that there is help out there. Um, there is a gentleman that I have been watching religiously or listening to, well, both watching and listening to. Um, he has a podcast, but he also has, um, but he also has a YouTube show um, from his podcast that comes out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. Um, and I cannot recommend this guy enough. His name is John Deloney. Last name is spelled D-E-L-O-N-Y. Super cool dude. I we'll believe put he it has in the show experience. notes. Huh? We'll put it in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he has been a, a crisis counselor, among other things. Super cool dude. Very charismatic. And um, just, you know, people, you know, men and women call into his show with all kinds of problems, you know, child deaths, divorces, just just you name it. And he sits with you. And like, you know, like I said, just a, the the kind of guy that you would love to have a beer with. And, um, you know, I listened to um, uh, just full disclosure. I <laughs> when I um, when the divorce proceedings first started i was looking through a lot of his old videos and he had one from a guy a couple of years ago who called who was kind of in like the same shoes i was you know was confused and like everything else and just seren i i i guess this is serendipity um the same week that i had my divorce hearing the same gentleman called back um and basically kind of went through things that you know happened afterwards and how it was you know how he was portrayed one way and you know blah 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 and this and that and I will never forget what he said because he stopped the guy basically mid-sentence and said I think you know I think the guy's name was Eric and he said you know Eric I I think this is you starting to realize that this was never about you to begin with and that really, you know, not to say that I was, you know, that I was not at fault or completely at fault or like anything else, but, but, you know, that, that, that really stuck with me. And it's, um, like I said, he is just a fountain of wisdom, super cool guy again. And um, his shows post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning on YouTube. Um, I believe he has podcasts as well. Yep. He also has some books. Um, if you're a lady and you like good looking guys, he's he's also a good looking guy. He is a handsome <laughs> fellow. Dr. He is John. a handsome fellow, but he's very. Um, in fact, Cat, I believe he lives in your neck of the woods. He, he, even though both of you were happily married, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a. Uh, um, but you know, Joe's just saying. Yeah. But I mean, you know, yeah, I that could, means you got to come down for a visit, Joe. Just, meet up you know, just have to just have to have something in your back pocket sometimes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, but 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 super cool guy, and um, and I cannot, you know, and if you, you know, even if money's an issue, just check out this guy's show again. His name is John Deloney, D E L O N Y. You won't regret it. And that is this week's let's load. Ah, 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 Lex load. Ah, ah, ah.
yeah, so uh, before we move on, Ken, Ken, did you guys want to vent or have any gripes or any uh, things to add commentary to the to the fractured state of mental health in our in our great nation here? It's yeah. astronomically stupid. I mean, it's I, I will admit this. Gathering. It's getting better than ahead. it used to be, but not system wise, at least social wise. At least socially, it's okay to talk about it. There's understanding, but but I think the system's still fucked. But you know, whatever. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Well, you you were asking about insurance, and you know, it's it's funny. I know a number of providers who essentially got out of the practice and only started accepting self pay because insurance companies make it so challenging to get paid. Um, but I think the one thing I want to add is. You know, each state or most states do have for folks that can't afford insurance or can't get insurance, they do have programs that you can utilize. Now, they're also saturated as well. So I don't know what that means for the timeliness of getting care, but at least there are options out there. I know in Colorado, there was a, um, it was called We We Care and I think CHCP, something like that, where essentially you paid based on your income. So you could get oh. care from like a therapist based on your income, you may, or an MRI or, you know, an ER visit or whatever. Um, and obviously their government, you know, help options as well, but just something that I think a lot of people don't know about. So that was pretty phenomenal. Of course. I've never heard something like that. I'm, I'm surprised Joe didn't dive in with uh, the sort of thing like, you know, the the call out to either Family Guy or Simpsons and saying like, so if it's based off your income, so the people who really have very, very low paying jobs, they literally just meet with some guy in the back alley who's just got like a cardboard, <laughs> a piece of cardboard and a Sharpie and he writes down and he ticks every once in a while while he gives you some advice over a bottle of bourbon. I apologize. I was masturbating to pictures of Dr. John Deloney. Understandable, handsome dude. <laughs> I, I thought it would either be crickets or it would be that. Yeah, so. Well, I was really thinking. I was like, yeah, but you know Should me, you know me. Or actually, I was wondering, Art, were you playing? Were you doing, like choosing Steph, crickets bro? or the sex sound? It was both. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> meeny, 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 meeny. <laughs> um, I can try real quick. The as a whole. Uh, I'm with Catherine. I look at my insurance policies left and right, backwards and forwards about every little minor detail. And this company I'm working for does have decent insurance, but I used to laugh at Disney. We know when back in my time with Disney, it was you only got so many times to visit before your, your costs went right back up and they would supplement, you know, they had employee assistance programs for the hourly workers, things like that. But it caught up, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear like people are benefiting from like better help, you mm -hmm. know, you know, over the phone, teleconferencing, things like that. Things that really took real big hold after or during COVID because it's another outlet, a way of meeting or talking to somebody either not on the phone, but maybe through a Zoom call like we're doing now. And I'm sorry, is this, this is Zoom, right? I'm stuck in Teams all the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, but there, I feel like there's still always going to be a way where an insurance company is going to find a way of saying, insurance companies do not like to you, 
as an individual to find help and help you be stronger preventative help things like that yeah they haven't really been focusing on preventative help and mental help and you are you you said it real quickly that it's a social norm people don't like to talk about that they have an issue they don't want to bring that up but it's great to talk about in a in a setting like this but acknowledging the fact that they have an issue mentally in some form or fashion having to deal with some slight depression i think everyone's gone through a depression state oh absolutely an anxiety moment or but they never want to acknowledge it and i feel like things that I've learned from therapy is that if you don't acknowledge things that happen to you, they're going to keep building up. And then all of a sudden there's going to be one little trigger, that last little straw, that last little nerve and 50 billion issues that you've been holding back like a dam come back on some innocent person. Mm. And a lot of insurance companies or even, you know, companies that we work for are not looking at the insurance providers for their employees to help benefit them in the long run for employment retention, work-life balance, you know, all those little nuances that especially were highlighted during COVID and post-COVID. Yeah, that's my, that's my grief. See, it, it strikes me as you, as you said that, you know, they're not very interested in preventative care, which I agree in, but at the same time, isn't it funny how they're not really interested in offering you right now care either? <laughs> yeah it's like when you're they want you to pay your premiums but they really don't want to you know give anything back for it well that's a good point though why is mental health not something we have preventative care for right like yeah i mean it should be annual exams but no therapy like that should absolutely be preventative yeah I mean, you could you could lead yourself down to all sorts of rabbit holes of uh, self medication or anything, bad activities, you know, risky behavior, and that could cause a litany of issues that would be more expensive, quote unquote, if they'd even fucking approve you down the road for those treatments. So ah, it's a spiral. It's all we're we're paying right for the there. privilege of getting nothing. Ah. No, that's it. Art. Like if you go to a doctor that is assigned to you by your insurance or approved by your insurance company. And Mr. Smith, Dr. Smith says, I think you need this. I believe you need this, this, and this. You still have to wait for said insurance company that sent you to this doctor for his or hers opinion or direction. You now have to wait through piles of paperwork to say, no, we don't think you really need that. We really need you to go to this left side or not that right side anymore. Yeah. But you sent me to the doctor in your network that you trust or supposedly you're going to simply pay. Hey. Oh, yeah. Find any way they can to not pay. Or the less intensive, you have to be unsuccessful at the less intensive intervention first. Yes, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You literally like got to go through fail. all these other steps to prove. And it's even funny now is like when the professionals who are practicing are fully aware of this. And they're like, hey, look, I know it'd be great to give you this cortisone shot, but we got to have you put some ice on it for three weeks. Now we have to go and have you take Advil for three weeks. Now we're going to put you in therapy for three weeks. And I know it's going to hurt the entire time, but trust me. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I get it. Uh well, that that should be a topic one day down the road. But we are going to steer away from serious topics uh, in in the coming weeks, aren't we, Joe? Oh, we got a good one next week, don't we? Yes, we do. But for now, oh, I have God. something that'll totally uh, take the piss out of all the wind here. It's Leo, motherfucker. That's right. We have a missive from our elusive ghost. Uh, it's only uh, slightly insulting to a couple people, but it's not that bad. Um, so this is entitled Marriage. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready, oh. Joe. 
Uh, you all missed the answer. It's simple. Communication. Every one of your situations could have been handled if you communicated early enough. Oh, fuck you, ghost. <laughs> oh, that was only like two sentences in. Uh, people don't know how to communicate anymore. Followed by listening. I hate to bring politics into it, but look at politics. People don't know how to communicate and listen to the needs, wants, changes, desires of the other person. People choose to yell, fight, scream, ignore, etc. So our needs and changes get lost in the noise. It reminds me of statistics that say finances are the number one cause of divorce. It's not finances. It's lack of communication about finances. Something for thought. When the kids change, do we dump them and go find new ones? Why not? We, uh, why do we dump our hose and find another? Don't tell me it's because your kids are your blood. Makes no difference. Kids are people like significant others, yet we stick with the kids through the hardest of times. Mm. Who killed Kenny is a giant contradiction. Said 20 things and did the opposite. One plus one equals three with Ken. Bidenomics. Something for thought. Seeing more and more talk nowadays of women keeping kids away from their dads. Kids growing up thinking dad is bad and only finding out later that it's been mom that's acting like dad was toxic when it really was mom. I kind of have to agree with that one on some stances. I know that certainly happened with my own father when he uh, was going through a divorce uh, with his first wife years and you know, decades ago. Uh, I do agree. himself right now. He's not reading the. Uh... No, no, that uh, I, I'd like to say my vocal tone changed. Um, yeah, that was just <laughs> a, as 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 asshole art, not um, not ghost. Uh, back to ghost. I do agree. It is a business, one hundred percent. I agree. It's goofy that marriage is determined through government paper. Government papers. I always argued. I always. Sorry, I can't talk. I always argued with gays that to be truly married, you didn't need government papers. Marriage isn't a document. The ghost. P.S. Hope who killed Kenny's kids grew up to be raging Republicans. Orange-haired, gun-toting, moonshine-drinking, <laughs> U.S. flag, bandana-wearing MAGA kings. Till next week. School's back. BJJ Joe can stalk some MILFs at school and bring them back to his Jiu-Jitsu cave for rolling. They're all married or or in committed relationships. That doesn't sound like that would be anything that would stop the ghost. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure out the one plus one equals two, Ken. I'm just no, no, one plus out, like, one equals three is what he said. One plus one equals three for me. Like, no, 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 Ken. Kenny. Uh, who Kenny. killed Kenny? So I'm glad. Okay. Yeah, it's not you. Oh. It's not you. So it's who, it's... If Ghost is actually listening, by the way, the man kidnapped me. My mother was not the bad guy. <laughs> ghost doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't. So <laughs> Ghost don't give a fuck? Um. Uh. Okay. Actually, uh, I want to go to Papa on our little outro yeah. on this one because you have that resource you were talking about. Is there anything else you can offer that you know of that is? I was actually not, just like that more nationally, not just locally. Like I know you said nine eight eight is something. I don't know if it's not. It's a uh, findhelp.org, and I don't. I don't like get anything from that. It's just it's a. I don't know who supports the website actually. I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's just Baltimore or if it's national. But you, basically, you findhelp.org. Used to be called Aunt Bertha, but you put it in a zip code. Like I put in. I just happened to put in just randomly. Two one two two three. Just I, the first one that came to my mind. Mm -hmm. And for example, under that, 
under health for mental health it lists 467 resources in that area group therapy individual substance abuse hospital so it's that's one site now again you have to kind of pick through that but it, it's it's access to if you're really and you can also through there you can find like you know it says reduced cost for free services so you can kind of pick through that uh, that's us we'll find help.org excellent again i don't i don't i'm not connected with them at all really yeah not. we're not connected with any of these things uh i also found and i'll put it uh, in the show notes as well uh mentalhealthfirstaid.org is a it's a resource uh better help as ken mentioned is a way of finding remote therapy solutions uh let's see interesting site that brings options to a single page yeah i just found this site app i am not even gonna try and say this but it has like a whole bunch oh, of different that's a hell of a name and yeah right <laughs> i'm a not del- gonna try and say it but... a del Cocor foundation <laughs> But it has like, I mean, it's got quite a few resources for people to call oh. or chat oh, it's, with. It's Ab Corcor or AB Corcor, maybe. Yeah, so I was just reading it wrong. <laughs> uh, word of oh. advice: if if you go to findhelp.org, do not use a uh, a VPN outside the United States. You're not going to get access. <laughs> yes, that is uh, correct. I because uh, I have my VPN on, it won't let me use it. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I decided to switch mine over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we have some options there. So if you or someone you know is suffering or in crisis, check them out. Uh, don't don't be a bystander. Actually, be helpful. And uh, that's all we got, I think. Right, Joe? Doctor John Deloney's hot. All right. <laughs> I got the blues. I got the blues. I got the alcohol. It'll be weird playing that one after having a serious talk all episode. Yeah, you know. No, it has to deal with being a madman and all the madness. And it's uh, about Aladdin's lamp or Aladdin's saying the gene genie. And it goes watching a fast away. This is Emergency Broadcast Network, and the song is called Aladdin Sane. You'll make it passionate, bright, and Take them away to war. Don't fake it. Sad English sound of strange. You'll make it. Fucking disturbing, man. Be well.